0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now,
2: here's your host, Tony Caligieri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sappio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good
3: morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Jerry. We have a full studio this morning. We're going to talk about the uh, Kensington Lions Ad Pro All-Star Game. We have a bunch of coaches in studio, uh, so it's going to be a fun episode. A little sadness in uh, as we start the show when we get into our news and notes. Good morning, guys. Morning, Anthony. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm stressed out, Roger. I'm really stressed today. Uh, Today's Nick's birthday. Happy birthday to my son, Nicholas, 12 years old. I got a party to put on today. It's going to be ungodly hot. Uh, Chance of showers maybe later on. And how do I deal with uh, 22 guests? They're going to want to cram inside the house rather than stay outside. And of course I have to eat all that pizza and wings and cake and subs, things like that. I
0: mean watch.
4: Does wait. Doesn't Steve's deliver garbage plates? <laughs>
0: <laughs> does all does all that pizza and wings make all the cleaning you did worth it? Mm.
4: No, it does not No, because he he could have just gone for pizza and wings without doing all the cleaning, correct? Yeah,
5: exactly Listen, don't jinx the rain I got 70 people coming to the graduation party for Jordan today Oh, man (laughs) In the seat, so don't jinx me with the rain I'm sorry, I'm sorry (laughs) I'm just going over the forecast that I saw earlier
3: this morning Uh, News and notes, guys Uh, I want to start off by uh, mentioning that uh Starpoint High School is hosting the USA Football Clinic and NASA, which is the league that I belong to, they're hosting the first football development model coaches clinic. It's going on right now at Star Point, the clinic which is open to coaches, and the uh, Niagara-Erie Niagara Youth Sports Association is going on from 8 to noon. That's where I would be if I didn't have such a show to do. Uh, they're going to touch on various topics, 11-on-11 11 11 tackle, preparing youth players for contact, defined levels of contact, Act. All this stuff is designed, and, and the great thing about USA football is the primary goal is player safety. You, you know, we've talked over and over, year after year, about the importance of safety, especially with concussions leading the news for such a long time. So they're going to do this. This is going on right now. Ray Turpin, president of NASA, wanted me to pass this along. USA football is, does such a great job with us. Uh, as I said, I'm a proud member of NASA with uh, Niagara Falls Junior Football Club, Cobras, and we kicked things off this week. So it's good to see that we're still focused on safety and doing the right things in coaching. I wish all sports did this. So uh, congratulations to Ray Turpin, NASA, and USA Football. All right, guys, any uh, news and notes for you?
4: I just want to say thank you one more time. I got to spend uh, another evening with the— uh New York State champions and top uh, USA top 10 lady flames from uh, Will East High School. They were at the uh, bison game Monday night. Summer Clark got to throw out the first pitch.
3: They should have had her pitch, period. And,
4: <laughs> and believe me, she did not hit the photographer or anything. In fact, when the bison player went out there, he had a regular glove on there. And I'm thinking, boy, if she wings one of her pitches, you're going to wish she had a catcher's glove. Did she do the underhand softball one? Yes. Oh, and, cool. boy, I'm. but, I mean, she flung a strike. It was an unhittable strike. Good. I guarantee you that. And, of course, the whole team was on the field behind her, just like they were behind her defensively all year long. Uh, Chris Durr got to spend a couple innings in the broadcast booth with Duke McGuire and our old friend, the play-by-play uh Caller Pat Malacaro. Yep. So he was in all his glory. It was just a great Monday night. And oh, that's Once again, thanks to the Willie's Lady Flames, for letting me be a part of it.
3: That's outstanding. Uh, unfortunately, we do have sad news to talk about, guys. And the, the uh, passing of Sweet Home Coach John Fowler and the untimely death of uh, Bishop and sophomore Paul Humphrey, who was shot and killed uh, in a uh, horrific uh, incident. Man, it, these things never – words never come up. I can never come up with the right words to express how I feel other than complete sadness. Uh, Coach Faller was such a great friend of this program and me mm-hmm. over the years. Anything that I ever needed, uh, whether we were talking about the Kensington Lions all-star game or whether it was uh, – uh, when WGR was doing Friday Night Lights and we would broadcast a Sweet Home game. Raj, you remember several of them that we did, a memorable one, Sweet Home and Iroquois. Uh, John, and anybody knows it, he's as serious as you get come game time but before the game i always found time to give a wink and uh a nod and anything that i ever needed and i'm really going to miss him and i know the sweet home community is going to surely miss him as is the bishop timon community and listen to uh joey lakata who was interviewed during the week and talking about paul and the type of young man he was and what he meant to bishop timon it's it's just a sad sad day today and and this whole week uh
4: I remember Anthony with Coach Fowler and of course we go back and uh you gentlemen all remember 2008 and 2009 we had what four out of the five classes we were state champions and I vividly this memory just been sticking out in my mind all week it was at UB and it was the Far West regional I believe it was it had to be 08 because uh Now, Sweet Home is playing Aquinas, Mm -hmm. and Aquinas was a pretty good – you know, as good as Sweet Home's offense was – They were uh, huge. Aquinas had a defense that would, you know, bring it on and all that. Well, all of a sudden, I think uh, Sweet Home had like 21 points in the first half against Aquinas, and uh, bearing in mind that was the same year that – Maple Grove was, uh, you know, lighting it up every week. I think they averaged 50 that year in points. In fact, Chris Secky still has the state record for extra point kicked in a season. And I remember after they scored the 21st point, and Mike Farentino, amongst others, was there. And I said to Farentino, and I said just loud enough so Coach Fowler could hear what I was saying, I says, hey, Farentino, who the hell does Fowler think he is? Maple Grove. <laughs> and John had a little smile. He looked down at the ground, but he was smiling and all that. And that's the memory I will have of John Fowler. And of course, when we went on media day every week, he always had a packet that thick of stats and for the you know previous season to be ready for the uh, broadcasts if necessary in the uh, sectional finals.
3: Guys, you guys, I know all of you have uh, memories of uh, Coach Fowler.
4: Yeah, Tony, um,
1: Pat Cauley, athletic director at Hamburg, but Sweet Home class in 1984. And um, it's all, sh- it's, it's shocking to us. It's, uh, it's very, very sad. It's a d- difficult thing for us to deal with because you know, uh, Coach Fowler has been a rock in a lot of people's lives for a long, long time. And uh, uh, I was telling some of the coaches before we started that we had a Sweet Home reunion uh the, the day before last Friday night and we talked about a lot of things coach Fowler passing or being sick that was not one of them because he he looked he acted uh, the same way he did almost 40 years ago when he was our teacher and coach uh at Sweet Home so um it's a difficult time for all of us and uh we just have the, the Fowler family and the Sweet Home community in our thoughts and prayers
4: so he was actually at that reunion that night
1: no, it was, a, it was a student reunion. Oh, okay, But we okay. talked about a whole bunch of stuff, but not that.
4: Did you wow. guys let Shintz us
3: in?
1: Uh, Shintz is still on his way there. I was telling <laughs> people, Shintz <laughs> will be here at some point. I think he's just lost. I don't think he knows how to get to Sweet Home anymore. Uh, oh, but uh, he's, he is working on it. I know he's working on getting it. <laughs> we'll get him a GPS.
6: <laughs> uh, Coach L. Kevin Arrow from Starpoint. Uh, starting out as a coach and playing Sweet Home and getting throttled and throttled and throttled, John was fantastic. Uh, When we finally got our modified program, he said, Al, in four years, you'll have this place turned around and and you'll have it going. And you kind of model after that guy. You you know, we were in the same division forever and you had to get yourself to his level. So he made every coach in that division work harder and get better because if you wanted a shot, that's what you wanted. You wanted a shot at Sweet Home. Beating Sweet Home, I can remember beating Sweet Home and their turf, the last game that they played and that grass over there, you'd, you'd think we won the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just how special he was. And I had the opportunity of winning the first uh, John Fowler Coaches Award, which was, which was great. Great man, great.
7: Eric Rupp, head coach of Lancaster. Uh, I agree with Al. You know, as a young coach coming up, um, you know, you kind of look up to some of, your, your older colleagues, and, and John was certainly that guy. To me, the thing that made John special was, was not the state championships or the sectional championships. It was the ability for him to make a difference in his players' lives. And you know, to me, that's, that's what takes you from a good coach to a great coach. And, and certainly, John was able to do that.
2: Um, Justin Bauman, offensive coach at uh, Star Point. Uh, I, it was actually my first year uh, that Al was talking about when we won on uh, Sweet Home's uh, turf, the last game, uh, last game we played there. Uh, I can tell you it was, it was celebration all day. That might be the only win that kind of sticks out to me where we went out and we celebrated, um, and that just shows you what kind of force he was on the field and off the field. Like, um, like everyone's kind of said, he, he did things differently, and uh, he made everyone kind of reevaluate their position. And uh, I know our off, our offense is all spread, but that wouldn't be without um, you know Fowler's Fowler's ability to change the game from the options and all that stuff in the past. So um, yeah, it's a terrible loss. And even to speak on Humphrey a little bit, um, we played against him at the uh, the Ralph this uh, this winter in the uh, passing camp. And he was by far the nicest kid uh, I came across. He was the first one to greet me with a handshake. He said how good of a job we did, and you know how he looks at Starpoint's film and all that stuff. And he was a he was a football player. Uh, he loved the game, and he was a joy, just like uh, Coach Fowler.
3: That's the one thing I've heard is that Paul
2: uh, smile. His it was it was just infectious. It, it stuck with me so. Um, I, I knew who he was I di- I couldn't put a face to the name but as soon as I saw the kid, I was I was heartbroken just because I remember him. He was the one kid that stuck out to me when we played time and uh, and I talked to coach Lakata and he you know he's the same way. So um, yeah he, that kid that kid was magnetic when it came to that stuff and uh, it's you know it's a sad story.
3: Let me ask uh, and this is a question for Eric and Justin, you guys are young enough to grow up and knowing you know while you guys are playing football, knowing, of John Fowler and you know we've all you know use the term coaching legends Mm -hmm. coaches that we've followed for years and then you know you guys now become coaches at the high school level and you're you may be coaching against him or you may be involved in some function uh, with other coaches what was it like to go from you know being that as as a young man you know looking up to this legend to now being a peer
7: yeah you're right you know coming up you know, when I was younger, there were, there were three coaches that really stuck out in my mind. It was Gene Tondo from Orchard Park, mm-hmm. Len Jankowitz, who I had the privilege of playing for, and, and then Coach Faller. Uh, so those guys were like the Mount Rushmore of, of coaches in western New York. And I remember, you know, uh, we just came off the state championship loss to Troy a couple of years ago, and we were at Coach Master's Christmas party, and, and Coach Faller kind of pulled me aside and, you know, he just gave me some words of encouragement, you know. He said, you know, don't worry about it, you'll be back, you got things going in the right way. And and to me that that meant a lot. I'm like Yeah, I was gonna say
3: that had to be like, wow, (laughs) you know, I'm getting you know, know, great advice here. Thirty
7: three years old, my second year as a head coach and like Coach Fowler's giving me some pretty high compliments, you know. So so that certainly meant a lot to me.
3: That is
2: incredible, Justin.
7: Um yeah, so from from my high school career, all I remember is him Beating
2: us, beating us down over and over and over again. <laughs> but don't so. worry, you're not alone in that. In that. <laughs> so, alone. so that's kind of a memory as a as a, as a, as a player. But um, I took over as offense coordinator as a 22 year old, and you know, like we said, we we beat Sweet Home. But I remember talking to him before the game about you know his concepts and and some things he did in the past because I was on the 08 team at start Point when um, they won the state title, and I remember looking at them going. They don't belong here. They they belong in co- like that's a college team playing a bunch of high school teams. So um, running we,
3: two different types of offenses, he you know, go spread or he get what, what is it the big bird, big bird, big bird. Yeah, big, bird. Going now, big
2: bird. I'm gonna tell you right now, anyone that's running the big bird, it's a pain in the butt to because to, <laughs> to, no one runs it, and then you have to prep for it and all that stuff. But anyhow, um, yeah, it was it was. He did a great job of adapting his systems to his players, and that's what a great coach does. So um, I always try – that's one of the things I try to do is whatever kind of players I have this year, I'm going to adapt my system to, to their strengths um, right. instead of finding smart. You know, trying to fit
7: the peg in.
3: Eric, didn't you run a, a version of Big Bird with Andreessen? The
7: worst. Yeah, we didn't call it Big Bird. We called it Tank. But, uh, <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah, Joe Andreessen uh, – Certainly uh, made that famous for us in the state semifinal game against CNS.
3: Oh, I watched you use it to perfection against Niagara Falls. Just sitting back, and they shaking my head. Oh, man, this is unstoppable. Actually, it's not fair.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, sweet Homes, Big Bird. And when you say Big Bird, the Big Bird that I will always remember is all of a sudden they bring Day-Day, DeShenero Morris, in to run the ball. Oh, by well, the I- way, happy belated birthday, Day-Day. Who would want to tackle Day Day? You don't realize how big he is until he's coming at you with the head of steam and all that. Well, in the Big Bird, it was like an extra lineman who just happened to be carrying the ball. And after you've just think he got everything down pat on their defense, then he brings this offensive in, and uh, you know, especially red zone situations and all that, and it's like you want to wave a white flag.
3: Yeah, how, how do you defend it as as a defensive uh, coordinator? Tony, I'm
4: sure these
0: two guys can attest here. I went to Ken Maurice playing against Fowler every year. There was there was a fear in facing Sweet Home that we had. It was a dreaded date, and I remember preseason we'd be preparing for the Sweet Home game. and It wasn't even our first game of the season. We were trying to figure out how do we stop Sweet Home. And it was just or even to keep target. it within you know,
5: yeah, <laughs> within a decent <laughs> limit.
0: Yeah, so it was just one of those things. I remember practicing for Big Bird and their spread. It, it's just that's how big he was. That's how good they were. You had to prepare for them weeks in advance.
3: Yeah,
1: absolutely. When, when you think about how good he was, he changed the game, as, as, as Coach Bauman and uh, Coach Rupp uh, alluded to. You know, John Fowler was ahead of the spread before you saw it every Saturday, he in the was college the first game, one I saw running uh, the spread or the elements that you see in the professional game. You know, he uh, when we were kids at Sweet Home, we ran a very traditional offense. We did run option, and we had successful teams. But when he became head coach, he began to study how can I best use the one element that I think I'm going to consistently have, which would be a, a decent volume of fast young guys. And uh, he was ahead of that, and you know. Then to couple it with that Big Bird, uh, you know, I'm a defensive coach, or was, you know, I'm a fired. I fired myself as that. But, uh, that was the best decision he ever made. Great decision. Great decision. But to, to to have to prepare for both the elements that he presented. Uh, it, that wasn't. That is a nightmare, you know. And John, John was. Uh, and don't forget John's uh, history in lacrosse. Right. He I had, was just yeah. going to say he Anthony. had never played before. Right. And uh, those were the days. Our AD, the great Bob Barzak, just kind in of, fact,
3: he talked uh, your the AD into doing it. If I'm not mistaken, uh, when yeah, John he was, was part the,
1: of getting it going, right. And, uh, you know, Bob Barzak says, "Well, okay, then you're going to be the coach,"
3: and uh, you know, John.
1: Just a very intelligent guy who knew how to reach kids and work with kids. And uh, as Eric said, not not just a great coach, but just such a great person who cared about young people. Right.
4: Absolutely. Top five in coaching wins in Western New York. And let's not forget... What only Coach Tundo has more wins in lacrosse in Western New York, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Correct. Yeah, top five in both sports. How many well, coaches so can say that? Top two in
3: lacrosse. Yes. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And and this isn't the only sad news. As, as you guys are getting ready to coach in the Kensington Lions Ad Pro All Star Game, we're going to honor Milt Dickerson, uh, who was so instrumental in that game for how many years? And I believe there's going to be a ceremony at halftime in and. Uh, Tent and, and things like that that are that are going to honor him. So, I mean, this is it's going to be like a mixed emotion type night for you guys as coaches. Maybe not so much as the players because they're they're young enough. But as coaches, it's it's a lot of mixed feelings got to go be going on there.
4: Len Jenkins has got to have his hands full. I don't even think he realized the undertaking that he took when he uh, says he's going to try. I mean, you know. Milt Dickerson was able to handle that even after the passing of uh, Gene Zinny, which I didn't think it would be uh, able to do it. Milt did it, and he did it well. And now, I mean, thank you, Len, and I'm sure you'll have help in all that. But uh, I think Len now will just begin to appreciate what Milt did all these years. You're talking what, since this is the 44th uh, All-Star game, I believe, something like that? You're
7: correct. Yeah.
3: Did any
4: of you guys play in the
3: uh, in the Lions All Star Game during your high school career, Eric? You may have.
7: Um, I was on the roster, but I didn't play. I ended up having shoulder surgery in the spring of my senior year, so not officially.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> f- All right. You know, it's it's a beautiful game. It's wonderful what we do. And you guys are entrusted now to coaching this game. It's going to be a lot of fun, I know, as a coach, but it's also very challenging. And I want to ask you guys, uh, each challenges going into this game for you as a coach.
7: Yeah, I'll start. Um, I think there's two things that jump out, you know, right off the top. Number one is, you know, the, the lack of preparation. You know, when I'm going into a game, you know, I'll just use Orchard Park, for example, uh, I know everything about their defense, their personnel, their blitz packages, what they're going to do on third down, you know, a goal line situation. Here it's, it's a little bit of an unknown. Um, certainly we don't play star point, but uh, I know there are some rules that the Kensington Lions, you know, have put in place as far as defenses.
3: Now is it no blitzing?
7: Unless it's third and short, and you're right, down around the goal line you can change up a little bit, um, you know, but you have to play a 40 front and things like that. And then conversely, it's, you, know, you only have one week of practice. All right? So how much can you teach the kids that uh, are from all over Western New York and may have been in different systems? All right? Some kids are running you know, no-huddle-hurry-up offense. Some kids are running a wing T. Uh, some guys are running a pro offense under center. Uh, so you really do have to be a good teacher, and you have to have efficient practices to get everybody on the same page in such a short window.
1: Yeah, I think Eric's right on. I think I've done it five times this game. There was a time where we had two weeks.
7: Right, uh, I remember that.
1: Um, but um, with one week, keeping it simple enough so that everybody understands, and then you let these young guys go out and play. They are the best players in Western New York. Uh, you don't want to limit them by thinking too much. Um, so, you know, you're going you're gonna to go out there and try to get them lined up and, and, and let them play and uh, teach them an offense that they can all grasp and, uh, and highlight the talents that they have.
3: Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to go to Al and Justin of Star Point and get their thoughts on the challenges. You know, how many plays do you put in? How do you conduct your practices? We'll get into things like that. And we'll talk about some of the players that. Uh, if they can... want to show some of the plays, that would be fine. That would be fine. <laughs> Draw it up right here on one of the chalkboards. That'd be great. All right, we'll be back with more Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Jerry your host. We've got a whole studio full of guys. Tom Prince, Francis Beck, Roger Weiss. And we have all our coaches in here. Pat Colley, Eric Rupp, Al Cavanero, Justin Bauman, uh, talking about the Kensington Lions Ad Pro All-Star Game that is coming up. It's the uh, July 31st, is 7 p.m., Williamsville South High School. You're going to want to get there early, especially for parking reasons. And It's it's a lot of fun. And it's also uh, kind of like a reunion uh, night for a lot of people. You might not have seen guys, uh, you know, since last football season and a little bit of a way to get together, and it's just a great time. And before the break, we were talking about challenges. Uh, Coach Al, you know, Coming in there, and we talked. And Pat mentioned uh, putting in a offense that the kids can grasp. How many plays roughly will you put in? Our whole playbook. The whole.
1: He <laughs> <playbook. laughs> <laughs> ain't gonna give us any idea here. <laughs> <you know, laughs> I know this guy.
2: <laughs> ahead, no, you that. know he says that, but uh, it's my job to do that. So I guess I guess it's time. So uh, yeah, so uh, we kind of mitigated that um, that that challenge by scouting the players. Um, that will fit our system as well as their talent. So um, there's going to be a lot of receivers, uh, just because we do run a spread uh, offense. There's going to be a lot of uh, pass catching running backs and stuff like that. So um, it's not like we eliminated some players just because they didn't fit the system, but I think we did a really good job of trying to find guys that will fit our system to kind of uh, limit the um, the transition from teaching them our offense rather than you know um, going out there and playing football. Because the whole idea is if you got to play fast. And uh, if the kids play slow, they'll get hurt, and um, we don't want that.
3: Now, uh, you guys have mentioned, and Erica, that you, you mentioned it, uh, limited time spent with these kids. It used to be two weeks, two-a-days. Uh, first of all, are you still allowed to do two-a-days? I know that's one thing that we've been trying to phase out of football is two-a-days.
7: No, our practices are probably going to be two, two-and-a-half hours. That's a lengthy practice.
1: It is, and, you know, the other challenge is, you know, you want these young guys to get ready to play in a high-quality football game without them getting nicked up during that week of practice. So, um, Do you limit the thumping? To a degree, yeah, you have to. You know, that would be the worst thing is a young guy commits to the game. And, you know, I think we had one last year, didn't we, Al? We got yes. a guy yeah. turned somebody, an ankle or yeah. a knee, a, a young guy from a new fan alignment, and yeah. now he's got to sit on the sidelines and watch the ball game. So that's, a, that's part of the challenge as well.
3: I imagine that another challenge would be is playing time, how to make everybody happy. And, and Roger shaking your head because it's, it is almost impossible. Every, uh, all-star game that I've gone to, uh, while pe- parents are leaving, I hear the griping about playing time. My son didn't get playing time. Uh, the kid at my school didn't get enough playing time. How do you guys, uh, spread the playing time around? Um, I'll address that a little bit. Um, Basically, what we're going to do is
6: each coach, whether you're linebacker coach, lineman coach, they'll be responsible for the rotation. As the head guy or the offensive coordinator or whatever, you can't be in that rotation figuring out what the heck's going on. So if you're the offensive line coach that week, you know, you're going to talk to your kids. You're going to tell them kind of what you're going to do with them. And then it's going to be up to that coach, individual coach, to, uh, you know, to make sure the rotation is as best as possible. You're right. You, you're not going to play everybody. Uh, you know, all those kids are different levels. And their knowledge, uh, what what can they grasp? If they can't grasp, because it's such a short week, if they can't grasp, that's going to determine their playing time. And we're telling them that right off the bat. Yeah, what the, do you tell the them? The reason I, mean, I
4: shook my head was, Bearing in mind, it's like a five-quarter game because it used to be 12-minute quarters during the year. These are 15 minutes. Maybe a certain parent might have griped because he or she thought the son should have played more and all that, but I don't hear too much griping from the players at the end of that game. They are drained. If there was somebody that wasn't satisfied, I haven't heard about it, and I've been involved with this, what, 15 years now.
5: So, you got to remember two things here. It's an all star game, right? So, in other words, in any all star game, playing time is never going to be you're out in the field 100% of the time, period, right? Second, this is going to be at the end of July, which is going to be probably with the weather we got going now, could be sitting at anywhere 85, 90 degrees for this game and you're in full plage, there is no way you can expect, I don't care what the caliber your son is, to expect to get full game playing time. And And they
4: should start hydrating tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh,
2: I I can't speak for Coach Rupp, but him and I kind of have a similar philosophy. We're going, and we're going fast, so um, we're not going to change that for the All-Star game. So there'll be a ton of plays in a 15-minute quarter. It's going to look like a, a Baylor versus Texas Tech game, hopefully. Um, But, yeah, we're going to go fast, and we're going to try to get as many kids on the field as possible.
3: Well, I like the idea of going – I don't know if you guys are going to go in up-tempo, no huddle, whatnot, but the philosophy of getting as many plays in as you possibly can is a great way to ensure that everybody is satisfied
7: with their playing time. Yeah, for sure. Um, Southside isn't going to huddle either. So we're going to go, and we're going to have different personnel packages. You know, you might see four wide receivers – Run off, and three wide receivers and a fullback come in um, so that way we can kind of build in some rotations for everybody to step on the field
3: that's why it's probably best to limit the amount of plays uh in your playbook so that you have that constant because if you're bringing guys in and out you want to eliminate confusion the last thing you want to see out on the field uh, is
7: confusion yeah for sure keep it simple and play fast
3: and have fun. I mean, that's uh, the bottom line. Uh, you always want your kids to have fun. Uh, mm. Trick plays. You guys want to uh, let in on anything? Can we? It's the only anything? defensive
1: coach. All I can say is, you cannot trust offensive coaches. <laughs> 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 and, so I'm sure, and I'm sure the guys from the north here. Uh, you know, knowing them, they're going to have something. And that's that is part of the fun of it, though. You know, the as you mentioned, Tony. Look, we we want these guys leaving here, whether they won lost to develop some relationships with some guys they may have uh, heard of or or followed a little bit in the newspapers and on the social media and enjoy the heck out of this experience. So, uh, um, you know, I'm sure that these offensive guys have some things in their back pockets that they're going to let go on the 31st.
3: You mentioned, uh, real quick, you mentioned about uh, having fun and uh, the relationships that they're going to strike. And that's the one thing I I get a kick out of it and seeing it every year is after the game, seeing uh, players who... Uh, Maybe one played at Kenmore Maurice, the other one played at Kenmore West, or you have a uh, Depew kid uh, and a Lancaster kid shaking hands. They're exchanging phone numbers. They're going to text each other. I love that stuff. And as a coach, to be able to see some of the kids that I've coached now playing in that game, that's a thrill and a half.
4: How about all the different decals that'll end up on the helmet yeah. by the time they got to be removed once the game's over? That part I don't turn, like. I'm and they sorry. Turn their, uh,
3: <laughs> I've
5: they... always hated that part. But go ahead, Tom. You had one? Uh, actually, I was going to say the same exact thing, Tony. I was going to even compare it to the All Star game we just had in baseball. One of the best things was not the actual game, it was when the game was over and you saw picture time and it was time to see pictures. uh, we're lucky in baseball, they get to wear different uniforms. So you literally would see pictures with five different uniforms in the picture of guys that are played against each other, beat on each other for years after years, and now they're getting a chance to just say is, hey, this was a great career, and uh, I'm really going to miss seeing you out in the field from a daily basis. Yeah,
3: it's neat. And and the friendships that uh, last – uh, a lifetime. And I'm sure all of you guys could picture back to guys that you've met in high school that you've played with either on your team or somebody that you've played against the stories that you have. To t-
2: I'm still telling my son stories about Burgard days and the old Harvard Cup. Yeah. Um, so when we were recruiting kids for our, the North Side, I would sell it to them as this is a this is like a college prep course for them, you know. And all the kids that are going to be on the team, most you know, I think like seventy five percent of them are going to play college football. So uh, they're all going to bond over a week. We're going to try to give them as much of a college experience as possible. Um, and then obviously after the game they should exchange phone numbers because every one of them are going to go through the same thing. Uh, college football is very hard. Oh, yeah. Um, it is not easy. Uh, so having someone to lean on is, is good. So I think the exchanging of phone numbers and, and the week of practice will definitely prepare them for that as well.
1: Francis?
0: Speaking of the players, I want to ask each of the coaches, one player who you didn't coach who you're really excited to work Ooh, with? Ooh, good one.
1: Can I start?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> DOLAC, West uh, Seneca East. <laughs> <laughs>
1: goodness say, him and his brother have just... They're, they're such great. I think Justin said, when we were talking, they're just football players, man. And uh, really looking forward to having that guy, uh, you know, one of the Dolaks on the same sideline one time.
2: Yeah, I, uh, we, we played Dolak this year, and uh, he single handedly beat us by 50 or something like that. So uh, I shook his hand at the end of the game. I said, Please tell me you're the last one. And he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, Yeah. He said, Yes. He said, Yes. He said
3: yes so. Al, anybody you're looking forward to coaching?
2: Uh, there's uh, there's a kid, man. Uh, we we scrimmaged um, we scrimmaged Clarence every year, and there was a kid. Uh, his name is John Stevens. He's small, yeah. smaller kid. Um, corner cornerback, wide receiver but dear God, he's feisty. He uh, went right at our tight end this year and threw him to the ground um, in the first play of the scrimmage, and I was like, God, I can't wait to coach that kid. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I rub it in my
7: tight end's face every
2: day, but, uh, yeah, he's a heck of a football player, we're excited for him.
7: Eric? Yeah, I can attest to Stevens. Um, when we played against them you know, this year, he had a great game. He made some ridiculous catches. Um, but I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm excited uh, to coach the two kids from Cleve Hill, Javon Thomas and Aaron Whaler, oh, yeah. Thun- yeah. Thunder and Lightning. Um, you know so we got some different things drawn up for those two but uh, really excited to coach those two young men
4: no I'm you know <laughs> amen to what they said especially you know what PJ said about dolac and then uh, Eric uh, mentions the Cleve hill guys uh that's a force i'm assuming you know and I don't want to give any wage any secrets I'm assuming dolac is going to play defense with all the guys you have. You know, besides him to play offense, you could put Dolak right in to anchor that defense. And Oh, uh, well, you just brought you guys- up a good
3: point. There's going to be some players, like, how do you decide whether you want them on offense or do you want them on defense? Because they excel that, you know, on both sides of the ball.
7: Yeah, I'm not going to show a hand too much here, but uh, Mr. No, ahead, Mr. Oh, yeah. Dolak will be pretty busy uh, come July 31st. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have him hydrated.
3: <laughs> oh, I think that's a hint that he's playing both sides of the ball. <laughs> <Awesome>.
4: <laughs> Having said that, uh, bearing in mind, I think his older brother, if I'm not mistaken, got hurt in the uh, Lions Club All-Star game. So that's what you're up against. Uh, obviously, I doubt if anybody will be playing both ways. Just because of that factor.
3: Don't assume anything, Roger. Right well, no, no, but I mean, you know, possibly. On <laughs> These a are coaches; they're thing, competitive.
4: But yeah, but still, they have the uh, they have the interests of their students that is number one and all there. So they're not going to overplay anybody. And I'm sure that's in the back of their mind what happened to Sean's brother. Was it three years ago? John, yeah. So. Uh, Bear, that, I just want to bring that to the, everybody's attention.
2: Justin? You're, you're also making the assumption that he's a human being. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you right now, that dude's a Terminator. I've seen, I've, I've seen the movies. That's a terminator.
3: <laughs> That's the new one coming out. That's Absolutely. That, you guys mentioned, uh, we talked briefly about uh, no blitzing until you're near the goal line. What are some of the other uh, rule changes or differences between uh, high school football during the regular season and what we're going to see now in the All-Star game?
1: Well, predominantly on defense, it's just the way you can line up to the different formations. You know, there's restrictions on how many uh, uh, backers you can keep, in the, that you have to keep in the box, where your defensive linemen uh, can line up. So it makes it certainly a challenge, you know. um, But, um, you know, on defense in a game like this, you know, I tell the guy, hey, look, let's solve our problems with aggression. Let's get 11 football players to the ball. Uh, Let's get lined up the best we can and get to the football and try to see if we can solve some things that way because – uh, you know, with all the outstanding players, it's going to be a real challenge for us.
3: Well, I'll give you guys a, li- a little tip here. You know, I mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago how competitive coaches are. Yeah, it's in the rules, but uh, come fourth quarter, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a blitz or two in a timely
4: situation. You know, not saying anything right, Raj. You might see that. Jeff, just uh, out of curiosity, what is the uh, penalty for an illegal defense? Five yards? 15 yards? I, I think it's only five, so,
1: you know, maybe we can absorb that. I don't know. Uh, we'll take Pat wants it, it just
3: to be a slap on the wrist, yeah. and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a talking yeah. to uh, during a timeout. And speaking of timeouts, we are going to take one right now and uh, come back for one last segment. We'll talk about some of the kids, other kids that are playing in this game. And don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. <laughs> We're back one last segment of Inside High School Sports and then Sports Talk Saturday. and the fun never ends even during the breaks. Uh, Tom, you had a point that you wanted to uh, pass along before we get into talking about some more of the players.
5: Yeah, on social media, a lot of parents are also asking the question is, why isn't this kid here? Why isn't my kid there? Well, you know, What's missing from it? So, parents, you got to understand there's a lot of things that come into this game. First of all, not every kid can play that could absolutely be an all-star, right? They're already committed to go to their college. They're already at college playing a sport. Some of their colleges won't let them play in the game on correct. top of it, correct? We also have a game in the southern tier, which is called, which is the top 30-type players that are down in the southern tier. Also, very tough for a lot of the southern tier kids to play in this game because of the practice schedule, and they may not be able to hit practices every single week. Not saying we don't have them, but I'm just saying that sometimes it deters some of them from playing in the game. And then you've also got coaches are sending in the names. Some coach may not have been able to send in the the names, all the names that could have been there. There's lots of reasons for this roster, and just understand... It's all those things that come into play that make up these rosters. These are the best available kids to play in this game, and that's one of the big things I think that's got to take away from it.
3: Yeah, I mean, you got kids that are working. They And again, how many practices do you have to get in in order to play? There used to be, what, five?
2: Yeah, it's, 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 it's five. Or it's, I think it's five. Yeah, it's five this
4: year. Yeah, you back in the day before they modified it where you had literally two weeks of practice and all that, I think you had to make eight out of the ten practices. And in fact, that's why they have the Tuesday night practice, which is also the uh, night of the banquet. banquet. It's basically a walkthrough. And I think the motivation behind that was for those who were one practice short, they show up for the walkthrough just so they can be eligible to play in that game.
3: Yeah, that's right let's talk about some of the other kids that are I mean you know, you've thrown out a few names already uh, like Dolek but who are some of the other ones that we can expect to see
2: uh, playing uh, we have uh, cam Sianco, a quarterback from uh, Grand Island we've we've studied him uh, extensively over the last three years and uh, yeah you know him very well yeah. I watched you play uh, with them yeah, last yeah, year yeah, you know, uh, so we've had some back and forth shootouts and stuff so I'm really looking forward to working with cam Sianko uh, and we also have Steve for uh quarterback from Wilson um, the kid is a football player. Uh, he, I've met him several times, and every single time, I'm kind of, I'm blown away by. Um, their
3: extre- Wilson kids are extremely well yeah, coached. You know, um, it, Coach Atlas does a great job. He
2: understands. He understands the game, and he's ready to work. Um, so those two guys, I'm, I'm going to go to war with them. Those are my two quarterbacks. Um, really excited to work with them.
5: Both kids light up the scoreboard. So you're talking about we're here in that spread offense that he talked about. These two fit great into the spread offense. Why is Pat taking notes
4: right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't he give uh, Southwestern all they could handle yep. in the sectional semifinals, which might have been the upset of the uh, semis. They almost pulled that one off, and Wilson had to go down to Southwestern to play that game. Yeah, that's
2: no short trip. And that
4: was against yeah. what? Snyder and. Uh, Snyder
2: and Card, yeah. Uh, Steve Frericks, and uh, we have also Marcel Wilson from Wilson. We brought his uh, receiver
7: with him. Um, so he has some. That's always smart. Yeah, he has a nice little target to throw to as well. Uh, a couple of guys um, from the South would be Keyshawn Beal, dual threat quarterback oh, yeah. from Chictawaga. Uh, we're going to do some different things with him. Uh, John Spire from West Seneca West. Ooh. who, uh, you know, dual threat out of the backfield. He now, run. is he
3: related to the Spires that played
7: at Lancaster? I've coached about eight Spires. Yeah, and, there's like a gazillion. <laughs> and, <old. laughs> and he is the only one that does not live in Lancaster. Okay. Right? But now I can complete the family tree and uh, have said I've coached them all. <laughs> um, and then, you know, up front defensively, Jan Renfro and, and Greg Braswell from South Park are, are two of the better D linemen in the area. So certainly we're looking for them to get after it.
3: Pat, uh, I know you're going to be licking your chops uh, come uh, you know, when you line up your defense. Is anybody uh, that uh, you can't wait to coach as far as on the D-line or uh, linebackers or DBs? Uh,
1: well, look, we got outstanding young guys everywhere. Um, uh, young uh, Dawson Tiger from St. Francis is somebody that we're looking forward. And uh, the young man Roach from Chicktawaga. You know, I've coached this, as I said, uh, at least four times. And the Chicktawaga kids are always – you know, they come from a well-coached program, and they get after people. So, um, you know, among others, these are guys that we're looking at uh, to make a difference in the ball game.
3: Is it difficult, you know, because you guys don't face Monsignor Martin teams during the regular season. You might during seven-on-seven uh, uh, passing games in the summer. Uh, so your familiarity with the kids that are playing at Canisius, Joe's, you know, Franny, so on uh, – is it take time for you guys to get to know what they can do, or are you pretty much up to speed with them by the time you start practice?
7: Yeah, you pretty much know who the players are throughout us in Western York, but also Joey Licata is going to be our quarterback coach, uh, so he can give us some good insight, and we also have... Uh, I
3: think he might know something about playing <laughs> yeah. quarterback. I'm not... Yeah. You know, my, my memory's uh, vague on that, Raj. Broadway Joe. <laughs>
7: Broadway Joe.
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs> he was
3: so much fun to watch his, back in the day. His
7: quarterback is actually... Uh, playing for us too, Mitchell Thiel, so um, we're looking forward to that as well.
5: Look, look I, I I love Keyshawn Beal, not, not even at quarterback, but have you just, if you ever stood next to that, that, that young man, I mean, first of all, you don't think quarterback, right? <laughs> you think this kid can run through a wall right next to you, can easily play a linebacker position, what this kid's going to be able to do at the next level is going to be fun to watch, especially to see what position he actually lands at because that is a body that can do so many different things. Good That's point. another yeah.
4: guy like that, too, is Aaron Waller. Boy, I mean, you look at him and you figure, well, he's a you know, short yardage guy and all that, like the refrigerator or something. Boy, once he gets a step on you, guess what? You're not going to catch him. Mm-hmm. He looks like a fullback that can you know, run like... Wow, that that's the thing that's impressive. Once he's through the line, no one's going to catch him. And he doesn't, you know, you see that body. And the same with uh, Bill. They don't look, you know, they're a lot more athletic than they look it's Just when they walk on that field. And uh, I hope Coach Nate's ready for all those guys.
6: <laughs> well, you, you know, we asked for a film on, on each kid so we can kind of look at and spend a lot of time on that kid. And the kid from Will North, <laughs> oh, my golly. Scott Scott Beck, the oh.
2: linebacker, his highlight
6: film. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, guy. he
2: was uh, he was kind of like my my crush. Um, you know, <laughs> there's like there's three guys that you know I I I worked at UB for a couple years and I, I put together a ch- like a, a chart um, and his tape was some of the scariest stuff I've seen <laughs> on the football field. He is really? A, yeah, you know what? And, and I'm surprised he didn't get um, as much recognition as he did because watching his film, uh, he played violent and he played smart. Um, that and that's rare it, and on both sides. And that's rare. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I was surprised when I saw his film. I was like, why haven't I heard about this kid? Um, and the same goes for uh, Jordan Marks, the uh, linebacker from Canisius. Um, cool. When the coach sent us the uh, the uh, submissions for his, his, his choices, uh, he was like he was he was down on the list, and I'm watching the film, going, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "How is this kid not being heard of?" Yeah. So uh, I hope when you guys go out to the to the game, you, you're kind of enlightened by some kids that may have got passed over, and it might have just weren't in the right situation. But um, we spent a lot of time watching film, and um, those two linebackers, man. They, uh, they scared me. They made me uh, wonder why I played this game.
4: <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. We request films so we can look at these guys, and after we see the films, we say to ourselves, why did we request this film? <laughs> What was I
5: thinking? <laughs> you know, and you remember, the big thing about the recognition piece is did they have that one big game against okay. that one big team that needed to get the recognition right. so that they could be seen in the yeah, all-Western New York and teams. Especially,
2: especially positions like linebackers, you rarely hear about them. Um, unless they're uh, a monster like DOLAC. So I,
3: I yeah, then you kind of the reputation uh, is, is out there. Gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Uh, I know it's going to be a great game, and I want to wish you guys best of luck. I also want to wish you guys best of luck in the upcoming season. As I know, we'll be talking about your teams as, uh, as that get going. Once again, happy birthday, Nicholas Calagiri. Have a great day, everyone. Next
4: year, he's going to be a teenager. Don't (laughs) stop.
3: (laughs) We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports.